Welcome to Women Waken, a holistic guide to wellness and abundant self-love, where we navigate healing, relationships, building self-confidence, and unconditional self-love and acceptance for an abundant life. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. On this episode, I have a lovely guest with me, Mrs. Natalie Warren. It's this, yeah, this complete and wholeness in our core and connecting to that and knowing that it's, it's just knowing that changed it. As we think about the inner critic for me, it was the knowing that I was like, wow, no one ever taught us this. We didn't go to 101, worthiness 101. Why aren't they teaching this in school was my thought, right? That's a great question. <laughs> Natalie is a speaker, life coach, author, fellow psychotherapist, and entrepreneur. She's also the founder of The Whole Woman Experience. Natalie and I talk about overcoming unconscious blocks for a more soul-led journey, how to get out of our heads to connect with our hearts, how to befriend our inner critic, and how to hear your own powerful inner voice. So take a listen and enjoy. Hi, Natalie. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Thank you for having me, Whitney. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for you to be here too. I'm excited to have this chat. We were just talking about how we first connected quite a few months ago and we had an amazing conversation. I know that, but neither of us could remember exactly what we landed on in terms of the thing we were really excited to talk about. <laughs> but- right. We have a lot that we're excited to talk about because we know that your work is amazing and your focus is fantastic. So all we have to do is just go with that. Right. We can just talk. And through that, I think something amazing comes through it. Yeah. Always. Always. So Natalie, you're a speaker, a life coach, and an author. You're a fellow psychotherapist, and you're also an entrepreneur. So you're all of the things, doing a lot of stuff out in this world. Can you tell us a bit about it? Maybe the title of your book, the focus of your work, and maybe as much of your own story that led you to this work. Wow. Wow. So much to share in who I am and what I do and how I get to do it. So I will start with who I am a little bit more about that. I am a person who has, I think, been on a journey with me. I didn't know I was on a journey. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. <laughs> that you're on a journey and you're like, what happened? How did I get here? So when I say that, I mean, I have been on a journey of personal development and discovering more about who I am and who I'm not and how I show up in the world and what do I have to offer the world. And that came through some disappointments and some challenges. I started very early as a teenager. And in that, it created this passion to support women. Initially, I was a little hesitant because at the time it was females that caused some of the, the pain, but I knew that that was where I was supposed to be. And so it moved into eventually this movement called the whole woman experience. And that is about helping women to discover who they truly are, connecting to their power and just taking themselves to places they never could have imagined and being unstoppable in the world. And though I started with me thinking I was helping other people, I was like, this is great. I'm here to help others. And then I discovered, wait, this journey is for you. And you're just happening to share it with others so that they can go on their journeys. So uh, to summarize what you asked, that is a little bit about it. And then I decided to write a book. I didn't know I was writing a book. 
I literally had an idea of, okay, one day I'm gonna write a book. But over time, I just started writing notes, just journaling different things. And it turned into Whitney, this eight-year process. And at the eighth year mark, it hit me like a ton of bricks, like, girl, you just wrote a book. (laughs) And so within a three-month period, I self-published that book and it's called Perfect, Complete, and Lacking Nothing, What Every Woman Needs to Know About Herself. What a fantastic title. Yes, yes. Because something that I think we question, that's a big part of our process of questioning, am I perfect? Am I complete? Am I lacking anything? So yeah, it became that. That's gorgeous. And that's, it's perfect and perfectly aligned with this show because what I talk about so often is that in my work as a, as a therapist, I, I specialize in addiction and substance abuse, eating disorders. And my personal belief is that the reason these things exist is because most humans fundamentally don't believe that they are perfect and complete and lacking nothing. They think that they're lacking everything, right? Right. Most people think that they do not have enough of most attributes, right? That they're not smart enough. They're not funny enough. They're not charismatic enough. They're not impressive enough. They're not good looking enough. Whatever it is, they don't have enough. And I mean, it goes both ways. Then we see people who seem very grandiose. But in my view, even most people like that on our planet who are really self like over the top self-confident are just try- trying to compensate for feeling that de- the same deep down fear that maybe I am lacking all these things. There are some people that fall in that healthy middle ground that it sounds like you help people to try and get to that I hope that one day we'll all get to is that place no better than anyone else, no worse right. than anyone else, but just knowing that you are just who you are is perfect, perfect, right. complete, lacking nothing. And that is the space of just peace, right? Right, right. And and I share with you that I got to that point because I know the struggle of never good enough. That is a part of this story. So just so you'll have a little background, I was teased from the ages of six to the grades of second to sixth grade. Different kids, different reasons. I, I grew to understand they were immature. They didn't know what they were doing, but it left the scar of not good enough. So I didn't think I was smart enough, pretty enough, talented enough, you name it. But I never looked like it on the outside, right? For so many of us, right? I never looked like it. So I graduated number 11 in my class. I was homecoming queen, prom queen, class president. I graduated with honors, undergrad, masters, all of that. But in the back of my mind, it was still that never good enough thing. And at some point, people were going to find out the truth that I really wasn't that smart. I was just lucky. And so I understand that. And I really believe, as I told you, I didn't realize I was on my own journey, right? I realized that this journey was for me. And helping others is just an extension of that. Yeah. So could you share a little, when you realized you were on a journey, that it's not a, a healing journey. Do you feel that those years when you're bullied, that I want to get into as well. But first I want to ask, do you feel like at a point it hit you that what happened during second to sixth grade was affecting your choices, your beliefs about yourself, your state of being? Right. I didn't recognize that until I got to college. And I remembered this yucky feeling. I know people who are listening may identify with this just yucky feeling about myself. And then once I went to graduate school, I actually had trouble with my coursework. 
And that was when it was like, see, you made it this far, but you really aren't that smart and you're really not that capable. And that voice seemed very loud. And then there was one other time that I recognized it was when I started to be an entrepreneur. And we can talk about that later, but it showed up again very loudly. Um, So those are the moments of the times that, yes, I recognized it. That those sort of sentiments that were maybe launched at you from others, like kind of you felt that you maybe adapted that as your own belief? Absolutely. Absolutely. Unknowingly. So maybe we can talk a little about bullying and the messaging we get in those fundamental years. I was also bullied and I, I speak a lot about not underestimating how impactful that can be because a lot of people will tell you, get over it. They were just kids. They were just teasing you. And I remember thinking, well, I'd love to get over it, but it feels like it's living inside of me. It feels like it's taken over my base level self-esteem and confidence, which was very, very low because I had internalized and kept with me what people had said about me and I'd taken it to be the truth. And my thought about that is that when we're that age, when you're in second grade, we at first we feel safe until we don't. You mean from the time we're born, the first time that we feel self-conscious or that we recognize that we can be harmed, we become more aware of our surroundings. But the first time that we're insulted or shamed or bullied or teased, we get this sense that, oh, maybe it's not safe to be who I am. Or maybe who I am is something that's not good, that's not acceptable, that's going to be rejected just for being me. And then we it's like we forget our innate ability, our natural state, which is just to be ourselves. Right, right. This idea, I love that you said that so nicely, because this idea of who you are isn't enough, right? And for the things that I was teased for were just natural qualities of me, right? It wasn't like I did something bad. Not that you should be teased for that, but it wasn't something that I had done. It was a part of who I am. And so to be called out for those things. I didn't see it then. I didn't experience it then. It wasn't until, again, later on that it hit me. This has impacted you in ways, Natalie, that you can't even imagine. And that was a part of the work that I started to do, which is why I love teaching this work. Yes. Yeah. How beautiful. So when did you first know that you wanted to do this line of work? When you went to college, did you know that you wanted to do something around maybe psychology, counseling, coaching, or what did you first think that was your your path? Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, I was probably around 15 and I used to be in love with watching the Oprah Winfrey show and all of the guests she would bring on the show. And what happened was I remember one day just having a thought. It was just as plain as you and I are talking. This thought came to me about, you know what? I want to do this type of work. And I remembered having this feeling. There was this excitement that came with it, Whitney. And there was a lot of fear. Like it was so massive in my mind. I thought, but I was excited about kind of going into it. So that was the first awareness that I had of it. And then I just fell in love with psychology and helping people to understand themselves. And I just followed that path and it led me here. And how were you able to heal once you realized, well, because you said you you wanted to help others first. And then that's when you realized that you were actually needing to help yourself. So what were the things that you did that you realized, oh, this is helping me to sort of resolve or identify or work through some of the stuff that I didn't even realize I needed to? 
Right. One of the things I remember was the very first thing of helping myself was doing affirmations in the mirror. And I remember that experience. I had this little write-out I found somewhere, maybe in a magazine. It was so weird. But I remember I would stand in that mirror and I would want to say those affirmations and I would see the little 12-year-old little girl. I would see her and what she potentially saw in herself. And I could not see the beauty in myself. And I remember that was the struggle. Like, why is this so hard? Like, why am I hearing in my head the things that were said to me? And I started to come up with my own affirmations and I started to say, wait a minute, you are beautiful because God made you that way. And I remember being able to look in the mirror and see myself and saying that. And I was like, wait a minute, this is true. And I started to see the confidence and I would say it more every time I felt stronger about it. And I remember that being like the beginnings of me starting to shift and heal. Yeah, definitely. That that can be such a big turning point is when you recognize that we are actually in control of re rewiring our brains, of reprogramming sort of the the messaging and the, I mean, it, it almost comes down to a cellular level at a certain right. point when you've kept an idea with you long enough, but everything is mutable and changeable, right? Everything can be right. shifted. And when you, and there's also, because I've had those moments too, where I'm like, wait a minute, what if I suddenly just knew how awesome I was? What if I, because... I think when you have those things happen early, when when you feel rejected or mocked or shamed, especially by your peers, you kind of think that you have to hold yourself in and that you don't have anything worth showing or sharing or doing some, right? Right. Yeah. When you realize like, man, why, how is it serving me to play small? How is it serving me to cut myself down in all these ways to, to be have have a lack of confidence and be insecure about who I am. We're the only ones choosing to do that. No one else is holding us back. Not really. It can feel like it if there's still naysayers or people who have rude or judgmental comments about us, but we get the choice about whether we care what they say. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the other changing point for me around that was I finally recognized in college that they did accept me because I told you I was class president, homecoming queen, prom queen. Those are peer selected things. They selected me for those things. They saw something in me that I didn't potentially see in myself and it hit me. And I thought, wow. So that's when I knew I needed to change how I saw myself. Yes, definitely. And something powerful that that came to me recently was you're not who you think you are. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know why that thought just came to me. And It was like, it's true. Like, I'm not this person that's not good enough and that can't do this. And and my point of saying this is that sometimes it is important to think about how other people see you. And we want to be careful with that, of course, because sometimes we spend too much time wondering about how everybody else feels. But sometimes we don't realize that people look to us. They look up to us. They admire us. They see us in the light that we're not seeing ourselves. So when I say that, it's like, you're not who you think you are. It's maybe you're not this person who's never going to be this successful or be able to do this. Think of, try to see yourself the way that your biggest supporter sees you, right? This powerful, brilliant, incredible, vivacious person right? that, that you are, that so many women are, but, but, but they tamper themselves down or don't see it. Right. And we do ourselves such a disservice by not seeing it. 
Right, right, right. So I eventually, as you're sharing that, I eventually got to the point where I would look in the mirror, Whitney, and I would say, girl, who are you? Right? Because as you're saying that, like, you start to open yourself up to who am I really? Right? Who am I really? How powerful am I really? How wonderful and amazing and whole and complete am I really? And it became this fun thing because then I started thinking like, wow, who are you really? And that really was another turning point. Yeah. Yeah. And then it gets even more exciting because you can think, wow, who do I want to be? I can really be anybody. I can lean more into this part of me that's really driven and outgoing or this other part that my compassion and my love for others, my empathy. You can you you get to decide. One of my favorite quotes is life isn't about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself. And again, I think that when we have this idea when we focus too much on our inner inner critic, which you also talk about, we think that we don't have that ability. It feels like I I know I felt that way where it's like, create what? I have nothing to work with. I'm just not good enough. I don't have, I really fundamentally thought I did not have the material that other people had that made them desirable or impressive or successful or even just happy, right? Happy people. I thought I just didn't have it. And I didn't realize that it's it's just being too connected with false core beliefs, right? Right. Because just as you said, we're lacking nothing. But if you have determined, if you're determined to believe that you are lacking things, that's how you're going to feel. Absolutely. And always feeling like you're at a deficit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Living from that space. And so, so important to see yourself in that way and this creative ability that I think we all have. We do. We all have it. Yeah, absolutely. And I I really believe that we're moving closer to a time where people know this more fundamentally at an earlier age. Because the the way that cycles and things tend to work is that each cycle around, people figure something out that the next cycle will be able to work with and they can grow upon. Right. So I guess we could say generations here, right? One generation struggles with one thing. The next generation set has learned from the last one and gets that. And then we're always evolving upwards. What I think we're at the crux of is people wanting to not feel imprisoned by their insecurities, by their inner critic, by feeling a lack of. Right, right, right. What a beautiful evolution. Yeah. Yeah. And as we do that, we're going to see a lot of things change. Because as I was saying before, My personal belief is that the reason why a lot of ailments and diseases, including addiction, but also physical illnesses, exist because this constant low emotional energy that we have in our bodies. Right, right. And shame being one of them. I certainly know how much of a, I call it a soul eating emotion it is. It's a very low one. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it really is sort of like the the leech of emotions. It just sucks sucks out the joy, sucks out the energy, the the positive mm-hmm. energy, because that's what shame feeds on the sense of again lack and not not deserving and not being fundamentally bad or not enough. Right, right, and oh, that missing something. Right, I'm always yes. missing something missing yeah. or that there's something wrong with you like that's how I always felt after I felt I'd gotten shamed a lot I was like there's something so wrong with me that I'll never fit in and I'm never right but it just wasn't true 
And just right. like you were speaking of that moment, we were able to look in the mirror and be like, hey, hello, you. You're awesome. Who are you? You're incredible. Being able to say that, you can realize that we adapted these beliefs because we didn't know we could do anything different. Right. Unfortunately, right. we're not given very strong messages that what other people say about us is not true, that our, our worth is not based on anything external. Right. Or anything anyone else says. So Absolutely. then we're stuck in that terrible place of determining our worth and ourselves by the things that happen to us or don't happen to us, the things that people say or don't say. Right. Right. Absolutely. What we have, what we don't have, what we do, what we don't do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of the more powerful things for me was really learning what worthiness is. And it is not anything that I do, not something I earn. It is who I am. It's my birthright. And that was very transformational because you're right. When someone is telling you about who you are or not, you attach your word to that and your identity to that. Yes, definitely. And how amazing is it when you start to move into that place where you don't do that anymore? And I was doing an episode the other day and I kind of just said out loud that self-love is a state of being. It's not a shift in like, not even just like your mindset or it's like you've literally done enough work that you're, it's almost like an energetic state, right? Where you just, you don't, as easy as it is when you're in that lower state, in that shame state, we don't have to do anything to feel bad about ourselves, right? Right. It just right. is. Right. When you move up, you you suddenly realize you don't have to do anything to Stop believing that you're unworthy or or stop believing that you're not good enough. You just don't feel that. You're like, you start to feel the opposite of how you felt before, which is a resting state of worthiness, right? Right, right, right. It's a beautiful place and it's a calmness and a peace with that. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it's the best feeling you can ever have. And being someone who's in recovery from addiction, that was a big reason why I used is because the only time I felt that peace was when I had my second drink or had taken a couple pills and you felt feel that warmth inside of you. I didn't know that outside of using. Right, right, right. And I think, again, that's why I believe that we're moving into a new time is the more that people realize that that feeling is always there, it's actually inherent. It's actually the only thing that's infinite and a constant because to right. me, we're talking about your core self, what I would call your soul, your, your essence. Right. And right. so you're tapping Absolutely. into that. Absolutely. How beautiful, right? Just to hear you talk about it. Yeah. It's this, yeah, this complete and wholeness in our core and connecting to that and knowing that it's, it's just knowing that changed it. As we think about the inner critic for me, it was the knowing that I was like, wow, no one ever taught us this. We didn't go to 101, worthiness 101. Why aren't they teaching this in school was my thought, right? That's Why a great question. <laughs> Why can't we learn this? Because it was so transformational for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've read so many books about just different sociology and all of this and but sociology and spirituality and talk about that all of the systems in our world are not working for us. Wow. And it's because they're not based in any way or incorporate spirituality. They treat life as a, a hard, cold surface that you just are supposed to mold and work with and everything makes perfect logical sense. And that's the only thing that's real. 
But then, it, and, and so we neglect our soul. And to me, that's how we get to the point that we are in our world where most people feel left out in the cold. And they feel bad about themselves and they feel dismal about life in general. Right, right, right. Because you're missing out that important piece of who they are, the core of, of who you are, your spiritual essence. Yeah. Yes. And then back to your point about worthiness 101 is that people speak about the future of our education system. And when are we finally going to make this shift of realizing that it's great to learn math and science? It's exciting. But d- is that the fundamental basics? Is that all we need to know? Are we going to keep just, and also, sorry, I don't want to go too far on a tangent, but there's mm-hmm. so many kids that have a hard time with that and they don't, mm-hmm. it's, and they don't process it as well. So then they miss out and they feel right. like they feel that shame because they right. show up in a classroom where you're supposed to learn math and they say, this makes no sense to me. And right. my thought is that not everyone has to learn math. If you're not a math brain person, why try to force yourself into something that nowadays you, you don't have to know it? <laughs> no, no, not now. Get a, get your phone and the calculator and you're good. Yeah. You're good but, at it. But guess what everybody is can be good at and can embrace is the idea of worthiness. Right. Because that is inherent and a, a connecting thread to all human beings. But right. So just asking that question says a lot about our world is why is that not a topic in every single classroom in the entire country, in the entire world? Right. No, I agree. I agree. And and going with what you said about worthiness and shame, I just heard this concept. So since we're talking about it, I'm talking about teaching kids, there is this new movement on not teaching kids to share. I don't know if you've heard this, but to saying that teaching a child, a very young child to share and then shaming them because we know they don't like to share at two, three, four, actually is doing damage. Talking about what you mean. Now they start to inherently think something's wrong with me because I can't share, right? I don't want to share. So I just thought that's so interesting with what you said and how we've got to do some things differently in our system to impact the world. And that's one of them. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think that there's so many ways to do it. It's the school systems, but it's also every other system. It's we need to allow everybody to realize that they have a part in everything, whether it's economics or politics or environmentalism, that it's not because I think a lot of us feel so disconnected from those concepts because they are very structured in black and white. But the reality is that they are also all based in everything's based in spirituality. There's a spiritual concept to everything. And if we did more of that in each of these sectors, people would feel more connected because I think what else is happening the reason why these systems are falling apart is because people feel again that they they can't participate in it but these systems need participation otherwise you get what we have which is just a small group of people who are starting to run everything right because we feel like <laughs> right. well they're the only ones that are capable of doing it so we're handing over the reins to people who may or may not be in of the best moral or ethical state to do these things Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. And making us feel more less than, right? Like if they are better yeah. or better and we're less than. Yeah. So yeah. this whole thing impacts us. Absolutely. And I think that is maybe the important piece is that what we're talking about here is like the little inception point that sprouts into everything we see today in our world. Right. Right. And so right. when we shift that seed, when we start planting different seeds, we're going to see a different world. When we plant seeds of worthiness from inception and we, we have those seeds in all of our structures and all of our systems, 
that everybody deserves a seat at the table. Everybody is worthy. Everybody is important. Everyone matters. Everything would change overnight if people believe that. But when most of us have these seeds of unworthiness deep in our souls, we get complacent. We feel we don't want to engage. And, and to me, it comes back to what we're talking about is when you see that power inside of you, it can be so ironic to think how disempowered people feel when they have literally the infinite source of love and empowerment and all those things right inside of in them. them. Yeah. Yeah. That's something we have to search for and, and pay for or earn. It's already within us. Yeah. yeah. So Natalie, how do we get people to start lighting this up, to start connecting right with them and realize there's nothing they have to do. It's just a shift in their state of being in their beliefs. How do we help with that process? Well, I think we're already doing it. We're talking about it. I don't know of any circles, but prior to me coming into this knowledge that I knew of people talking about it, creating a space to talk about it and awareness around this. Because as we share, it lights that bulb in your head that says, wait a minute, there's another way. There's another, there's something different. And kind of igniting that. I think that's how we started. And then we spread that. We spread it. Every person that I meet, I tell them, you're, you're worthy unconditionally, no matter what. That's something that you have to earn. It is a part of who you are. The fact that you were born makes you that. And that just continues to spread the fire. Yes. Absolutely. I, I, that's totally my mindset as well, Natalie. I've, we're just speaking of this recently. I, I feel that my purpose in this lifetime for me is all based in mm -hmm. communication. But I also think that that's the name of the game for this time on this planet for this species. Because just as you said, every revolution, every big change starts with a simple spark of an idea that, right. just like you said, can light up someone else's mind and say, what? We don't have to do it this way. There's a right. different way. I don't have to feel terrible about myself. And people at first are going to say, no way. But right. guess what people have said no way to? Everything that's ever been invented or created or established. At first, people were like, right. that's never going to take off. The internet, right. bullshit. It's going to blow over in a month. <laughs> right. right. That's what people said. They're like, it's stupid. It's crazy. It's And look at us now. So communication, like allowing for that spark, letting, because it's powerful to think that doing a podcast, right? Putting words out there, you never know whose ears they're going to land on. Right. These words, these statements, these sentiments that... And I always think there's so many times I've gotten into bed at night and laid and I thought, man, that was interesting what that person said today. That, what, what was that? That was, huh? What an interesting thought. Your words have sparked that in people. My words have affected people that way. This right. is how it's, if, if you think of it as like almost like your nervous system, it's like we're all kind of, we're all connected. And so mm. we're like shooting these like sparks of energy and inspiration to one another but we have to speak it into being right 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 kind of stand up and show up and I think that's what I'm thinking of you because one of the challenges for me with my inner critic and all that I had gone through I was afraid to show up and really speak this and say it because it thought will really people believe me do I know enough about this how can I say this when I steal whatever it was but being able to show up because I also think it's about speaking it, but I also think it's about living it, right? It's about living it. And someone can see it and go, wow, here's an example of what I am thinking. 
someone else is doing that. And I think that also sparks the fire. Yes, definitely. And back to talking about you, I just keep picturing you in your mirror being like, yes, I've got this. Like my, I can see my power thinking of, okay, I'm going to step out with this, you know, Mm -hmm. thinking like, I got to show this. It's not enough for me to just sit here and know that it, I have this power now, but I want to come out stepping out. Right. Right. Just letting go of the fear, the the fear of judgment. Because once you know your worth, you realize you can say whatever you want, do whatever you want. Your worth doesn't change. Right. 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 It is not contingent upon anything. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. It's not. And that is the statement that will set everybody free. We're all so desperately trying not to mess everything up because we think we can. We think like, oh, if I don't do this, he's not going to love me anymore. Or if I don't do this, I'm going to lose my success and no one's going to care about me. No one's going to mm-hmm. think that I have anything worth saying. We think it to- it's completely dependent on certain things. Right, right, right. Which will impact our ability to show up, right? To show up and share. And we're not going to want to. Yes, yes. And I was almost at the point, but the passion and the love and this belief that I am made to do it would push me. The vision pulls and sometimes it pushes. And I decided you can't not say anything. And I remember my earlier days of just sharing my story, starting with just that, sharing the story. And then that grew into so many other things. But I said, I have to share this. It would be a disservice to me and everyone else if I don't. So encouraging people to share, right? Stand in that power and share it. Yes, definitely. And what I would offer people to or encourage them is to push through those moments where it gets really heavy. Because I don't know about you, but I've hit times in pretty recently, actually, that I think are a part of this, the trans, like finally letting go of those really the deepest, darkest parts. It's kind of like my inner 15 year old. That's like, no, you can't do it. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to reject you. They're going to hurt you. And so I've had these nights that where I just, or days where I just break down. I'm like, I'm giving up everything. I'm going to stop my podcast. I'm going to get off social media. I'm going to cancel my YouTube because I just, there's no point in me being out there. And it's, it's that like sort of that last ditch, ditch effort for your inner critic to pull you under, right. To say, right. But the thing is, each time you push through it, you feel a little stronger and you're like, right. you almost get more conviction to say, now I'm really going to do it because I made it through that shit storm. So right. I got to push through and I've got these bigger muscles now of courage and conviction that just as you said, it's not even just about me. It's a disservice to all if I don't come forward with this. Right, right. Uh, very true, very true. And I, I remembered as well with that was I had a moment where I said, Natalie, you signed up for this. Like you came here with an agreement to say, I'm going to do this. And that was also a motivator for, for me to say, you already said you can do it. Then that must mean you can do it. Show up, girl, show up. And those were the moments, like you said, I pushed through and I built for myself, I built this relationship with what that part of me to help her to see we're going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Worst the case scenario, we can take care of that. And that was also very, very uh, empowering. It's like you have your own support team living within you. Right. We got right. this. Don't worry about that. I got you. We can, right. we can get through this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very transformational. Yeah. yeah. So Natalie, can you tell us a bit, you mentioned this movement, the women, women's 
Can you state the name? The, the whole woman experience. The whole woman experience. Can you tell us more about that? Because I will say, obviously, Women Waken, I do have a focus on the need for women in particular to be able to have a place now in our systems. And because just what we're talking about, my belief around the divine feminine, it's not about gender. It's not just man and woman, but it's the concepts of all those things that we just mentioned that are not now taught in schools or found in our systems, which is self-love, innate worthiness, um, innate value. There's that there is you're lacking nothing that you are. We're all connected. We're all in this together, that no one is alone. All these ideas that are inherent to what I call the divine feminine, which is really just the presence of source on earth is what I believe. And of course, masculine cannot be outside of source, but it's more about, you know, I, I always say the divine feminine is the root system and the divine masculine is the outgrowth. What can we create with wow. the energy of the divine feminine coming through? We can create beautiful things, but when you have the imbalance we do now, we have the results we do now, which is wow. people suffering, illness, depression, you name it. Right. So finally helping them to get in balance, get back in yeah. alignment. Yes. So the whole women project, what can you tell us about that? What is that fundamentally? Right. No, exactly. Very aligned with what you're saying, really about helping the woman to have emotional freedom, letting go of the stuff that's getting in the way, a lot of work around self-forgiveness, letting go of guilt, shame, all of those things, embracing who they really are truly at the core. Also having spiritual awareness and connection, spiritual confidence, been connected to themselves, connected to others, connected to their higher source of power and connected to nature. So I have been evolving on my journey and the whole woman experience has evolved with me. And I also haven't incorporated a lot of wellness. So bringing in the psychotherapy pieces of my body connection, helping women to connect to their emotions, their bodies, to their inner voice. So that's a lot of what the whole woman experience is. Fantastic. Fantastic. And it is aligned, but it, and it's also aligned with so many other people right now, Natalie, that are mm -hmm. having the same calling. Right. And I had this sort of call it what you want, clear sentience or clear cognizance where you just know something a while back. Mm -hmm. Like a few years ago, when I was first starting to meet a lot of women like this, before I started my show, and I thought, we're all in the gestation period, but we're all, it's like we're all preparing for something and we're preparing mm -hmm. one another for something. Something is, gonna be birthed soon and i believe it it's it's the movement of the woman the right. movement of women actually being able to show up in their feminine essence because right. just the things you described that you're working with with this right. project that's what's missing and because women are afraid women feel that if we try to do that we're going to sink we're not going to make it right. if we step out as our sovereign true self with right. what our intuition tells us is true we're going to be laughed off the stage. Right. But that's right. not going to happen this time. It's been true for eons <laughs> that women have been told, you're basically useless. You're here for birthing and for sex and cleaning and that's it. Right. Right. Well, it goes back to what you said earlier about like the last generation learned that lesson. This generation is changing it. And then the next, and, and I do agree, there's something that's happening. And I agree, many of us have heard the call and are answering that call. And I'm just excited because I, I, 
I didn't know I was on the journey. Remember what I said? Yeah. Right? <laughs> You're like, well, I, I didn't even know I was on this train. What? This train is this train is going to New Orleans? I thought we were going to uh, Portland. Crazy. Right. <laughs> right. Didn't know it. But I'm so thankful because I have just as you shared, I've now encountered so many others that we are doing this beautiful work and can help, help and support each other, which is why I thought, oh, this is a beautiful podcast. Yeah. 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 And yours as well. You have a podcast, too. I do. Very similar in name. Awaken your inner whole woman. See, we're totally, totally (laughs) on it. We're both on that same path. So I will, we're going to see each other out in that field someday once we are all stepping forward. Because that's, that's what happening. It it reminds me of that Diana Ross song. I'm coming out. We're coming out soon. Like something's coming and different than ever before though, right? Because women have been working for a long time to have their place. But I think that most, a lot of it was trying to, sh- to show up how we thought we had to, and we had to be equal to and the same as, but not being able to be our true feminine self, that we're not bringing the qualities that are really needed and that we can really work with. So it's definitely an exciting time. When you work with these women, Natalie, like, what are you seeing? Are you seeing, is, I imagine it's a lot of the inner critic, but like, mm-hmm. for example, you talk about moving from your head to your heart which is another concept that I love and work with a lot. But what does that mean to you? And how do you help people? Because there's a quote that says, the longest journey you'll ever take is from your head to your heart. To your heart. Wow. Wow. No, this work is so helpful because I think you're right. We spend a lot of time in our head overthinking, overanalyzing, judging ourselves, all of that, and helping women to get into their hearts. And a lot of the work that I do now is somatic work, getting them into the body, breast work getting them connected to themselves. It's challenging though, because it's not what we've been taught, right? And it's not at times because of trauma and other things that we may have experienced, it may not feel safe to be in the body. And so we have to work through some of that that comes up, but it's such a beautiful, beautiful work. Yeah, that is beautiful work. Well, thank you so much for the work you do, Natalie, and for having that courage to step forward and be able to see that you have everything within you that you're lacking nothing. In fact, you got a whole lot going on for you that you can step <laughs> forward with. And it's beautiful to see that you are now. And I can only imagine what you're going to do from here. Right. Thank you. Thank you. It has been quite a journey and I'm so thankful I'm on it. Well, I'm right there on it with you. We're on the same yeah. train to the unknown. <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful, exciting unknown. Well, Natalie, if if someone would like to work with you or find your book or your podcast, where can they find you? Yes, yes. They would be able to go on any social media platform, Natalie Warren. And then the website for the whole woman experience is actually awaken to the number two power.com. Awaken to power.com. That's it. Awaken to power. I'm feeling it. Oh, especially right now where we got a full moon tomorrow and an eclipse. Wow. Lunar eclipse. And it's, a, it's the time of year we're sandwiched in between. We just had the other eclipse, the solar eclipse at the new moon. So wow. there's this energy of like, I don't know if you feel, but it's like seriously dropping the bullshit and being like, I am done with playing small. I am done with questioning and thinking, can I feel good about this? Can I say this? And just being like, forget that. Forget right. it. Right. Let's just let it go. get into it. Yeah, let it go. Trust. It's about trust, right? Because again, we have that nagging fear from when we were little, from when we were hurt, when we were shamed that I'm going to get hurt if I do this. I might get scorned if I do this, but it's saying 
trust, trust that you are coming from your heart. So you, there's right. nothing bad that can happen to you. Not truly. Right, right. right. How beautiful Keep is doing that? that? Keep following that heart. Everybody out there, listen to what's in your heart and know it will never steer you wrong. Right. Step out right. with it. Step with your heart. Lead with your heart. Lean into it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Natalie. Well, this has been such a beautiful conversation. And I will be joining you on your podcast soon. Yes, I'm excited. Some more conversations. Yes, more more conversation. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you. I'll see you soon. That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guest. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at Whitney at womenwaken.com and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Don't forget to let your light shine and to keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic.